Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. If you are joining us somewhere across central Indiana, we welcome you. If you're joining us in another state across the country, welcome. And if you're joining us in another country across the world, we welcome you as well. It's amazing that people get to watch literally from all over the world because of the internet. And I also want to welcome our Franklin campus right now. Can we watch, welcome everyone watching online in all of our locations? If you're watching online right now and you're wondering who is in the Greenwood Auditorium, who's there, these are our, our families, our staff and families, and also our impact team and volunteers that are helping us to get ready for all of you to come back next week if you feel comfortable with in-person touchless services. So we're practicing, we're getting ready for you, and we're preparing for you. So that's who's in the auditorium today. Welcome to everyone who's physically here present with us. We're in a series right now called A Call for Help, and we are talking about prayer. We said in this series so far that, that prayer is at the heart of a growing relationship with God. And I'm here to tell you today that, that uh, Americans pray. They really do. There was a recent study that came out, a Pew, a Pew Research poll that came out that said that 55% of Americans, if you're watching from another country, I'm not sure about, about your country, but 55% of Americans say they pray every single day. That's pretty good. 21% of Americans say that they pray at least once a week. That's pretty good, or once a month. So if you put those numbers together, 76% of Americans are saying that they're praying. That's pretty good, don't you think? That's pretty good, talking to God, right? Well, there's another study that came out about what Americans actually pray about. It's maybe not so encouraging. 21% of Americans are praying to win the lottery. <laughs> and if you know how that goes, you know people win the lottery, it doesn't go very well. Have you seen the shows? <laughs> 13% of Americans are praying for their favorite team to win. Not recently, obviously, but when the sports are in, <clears throat> they're praying for their team to win. 20%, this tickled me, 20% of Americans are praying to have success in an area that they have put no effort into. <laughs> you ever pray that prayer, you know, back in college or high school, or whatever? It's like, oh, Lord, would you help me pass this test? I know I didn't study. But uh, anyway, we pray that way. 7% of Americans pray for good parking spots. Se Another 7% of Americans pray that they don't get caught speeding. <laughs> I'm going to break the law. God help me. You know what I'm saying? 15% of Americans are praying that a bad thing they, they have done in the past will not get found out today. 14% of Americans are praying that God will get back at somebody for hurting them. 5% of Americans, and this is a lot of people. You think about it. In America, there's, you know, 300-some million people. 5% of Americans are praying that they will have success in something that they know God would disapprove of. It's mind-blowing. And 5% of Americans are praying that someone that they don't like gets fired. 
So we're praying, but I don't know if we're praying for the right stuff or for the right reasons. And, and there are all kinds of, we, we need help with prayer. Do you agree with this? Anybody else? I mean, I, mean need help. I need help with prayer. There are no experts when it comes to prayer. There's lots of obstacles when it comes to prayer, feelings of not being worthy to pray, a wrong perception of God. We're busy, right? We've got a lot of things going on in our life. There's lots of obstacles to a successful prayer life. That's why we're doing this series. We're following along in a book called, or at least I am, called How to Pray by Pastor Pete Guy. I love the subtitle, A Simple Guide for Normal People. Is there anybody normal out there? <laughs> now that's another series for another day, talking about what normal is. But anyway, I'm going to assume y'all are normal. And uh, yeah, it's just real simple. He, he uses the word pray as an acronym to kind of, you know, give us something simple and memorable. P-R-A-Y. A couple weeks ago, we talked about what the P means, pause. Then we talked last week about reverence. The R is reverence. You know, what does that really mean? It means to fear God. How do we do that? We study his character. We look at his, his works, right? And we remember his love. That was last week's talk. That's what it means to hollow of God's name. That's the prayer that Jesus gave us. And today I want to take a look at the A. The A is to ask. Next week we're going to close this series out with the, with the letter Y, which means to yield or to say yes to God. Today we're talking about asking. Asking is, uh, is, is a big deal and people struggle with this. A lot of people talk about, well, I'm okay asking for other people. I really am. How many of you say you're okay with this thing called intercessory prayer? That's when you ask God to help someone else. Everybody okay with that? We got no problems with that. When it comes to asking for ourselves, eh, those are called petitions. We get a little bit weird about that. Nevertheless, Jesus makes it super clear that we need to be asking. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, he says this, Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks will find, and whoever knocks to that person, the door will be open. Can it get any clearer than that? Yes or no? No. He's like, like, here's the way this thing works. You ask, and my heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, will answer your prayers. James, the brother of Jesus. Can you imagine growing up with Jesus as your brother? Yeah, I'm the son of God. Right. <laughs> he didn't come to know Jesus till later in life. He was a, he was a skeptic, and, and, uh, and then, he, then he got serious and became one of the leaders in the church, and then he wrote this book of the Bible called James. It's great, great. You guys are on it today. This is what James said, the brother of Jesus. You do not have because you do not, say it with me, ask. Where did he get that from? He got it from his brother. Ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. He put it together and said it a little bit differently. He says, there are things in your life that you do not have because you have not asked. Asking is the way things work in God's kingdom. Every time I read this verse, I think to myself, what is it that I don't have that I didn't ask for? Wisdom? Strength? Patience? More money? <laughs> What is it that I lack in my life because I have not asked God? And even beyond that, what is it that my wife doesn't have because I haven't asked? What is it that my sons don't have? What is it that my daughter doesn't have? What is it this, that this church does not have because I have not asked God? We've got to ask that question. If we're not asking, God says there are certain things I just won't do if you don't ask. The Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, said it, said it like this. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. It's the way things work with God. Now, asking works, and for those of you who have kids, you know this. Yes, parents out there? Asking works like they ask. 
And we don't always say yes, but a lot of times we say yes because we want them to go away. Yes? Right? So asking works. It's the way. And if you don't have kids, like if you have a dog, you know, how, you know that asking works, right? I, I can't really speak to those of you who have cats. You cat people out there, especially, I don't understand that. Especially you big cat people out there. Really strange folks. Anyway. But those of us normal folks who have dogs, we understand asking and we understand why it works. You know, around dinner time, your dog comes up to you. We have two dogs. One's a little yipper, a yapper, and we try to, we sort of ignore him because he's, you know, annoying. Anyway, <laughs> but our other guy, he's a golden doodle, he, and around dinner time, he's so gentle and he's so, he's so loving and he'll just, he'll just sit, he's tall enough to where he can sit and then rest his little mouth, uh, his little face on your, on your leg. Anybody else have a dog like this? And then he, so what he'll do is during, where we're eating dinner, he'll just rest. He'll do it to the kids. He'll do it to me. And he'll, and he'll rest his, his face there. And then he'll just look up. <laughs> and he'll blink. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't bark like the other guy. And he just has this look. And his, it's in the eyes. It's the eyes that get you every time. And you know what he's doing? He's asking. He's not even saying anything. He doesn't have to say anything. He's saying it with his eyes. And then whatever's on my plate, you know, I end up giving him a piece. And, you know, it's like, I know I'm going to get an email. You shouldn't give your dog table food. I know I'm terrible. I'm terrible. But I can't help it. Can you? Asking works. It works with animals. It works with children. It works with God. Now, even with that being said, there are still, there are still some pushbacks on this whole asking thing. We get weird about it. Let me talk about the top three that I've noticed as I've talked with people about prayer. People push back and they say, wait a second, but isn't it selfish? Isn't it selfish to, to ask for things for yourself? I'm good with praying for others, intercessory prayer. When it comes to petition, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Well, right after Jesus says, ask, receive, seek, find, knock and the door will be open to you, he, he shifts gears and he talks about this, this relationship between God and, and us as, as a parent-child relationship. In your notes, I wrote it like this. Jesus uses the metaphor of a parent-child relationship to help us understand this idea of asking. He said, come on, come on. Here's how it works. Watch this. You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Obviously, this is a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course you don't. So if you, who are sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your, say with me, your heavenly father. This is who he is. Your heavenly father. How much more your perfect, holy, righteous, loving, gracious, heavenly father give good gifts to those who, say with me, ask him. This is a parent-child relationship. Like, we are supposed to go to God with our needs and ask him for the things that, are go that we need and that we desire in our life. In the book, How to Pray, Pastor Pete Gregg says it this way. Our primary privilege as God's children is to ask audaciously and repeatedly for everything we need, expecting him to answer, whether naturally or supernaturally, by whatever means he sees fit. This is our privilege as children of God, to come before our heavenly father and say hey I need this I would like that I need this I would like that for ourselves as well as for other people this is how it works we come before God and we ask him for our needs this is why Jesus puts it in the prayer it's not the Lord's prayer we call it the Lord's prayer it's our prayer he gave it to us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven next phrase 
Give us this day our daily bread. Is Jesus talking about bread? Pumpernickel bread, Italian bread. Like, is he really talking about bread, right? Whole wheat bread. No, he's not talking about bread. He's taught bread represents the thing that I need today. And we can all connect with the idea of food. We need food three, four times a day, right? Just to stay satiated. So God, so Jesus puts it in the prayer so that we know we're supposed to come before God for our daily needs. Now that might be gas in the gas tank. That might, need a, that might be a babysitter to watch our children. That might be a raise at work so we can pay our bills. Whatever the needs are, we are supposed to go to him and ask him for these things. So if that's the way it is, which it is, and then we fail to come before him and ask for the daily needs, we are denying the nature of the intended relationship God has for us. Think about that. We're saying, without asking, if we say, oh, asking selfish, I'm not gonna ask. I'm, I'm good. I'm independent. I'm not a child. I'll take care of myself. I'm not gonna burden God with requests. I'm good. I'm self-sufficient. I'm self-sustaining. I am God. Now you're thinking, gosh, I never thought, never thought about it that way. I know. But when you fail to ask God for your daily needs, you're declaring yourself independent. You're declaring yourself God. You're saying, this is not a father-child relationship. I'm the father. I'll provide for myself. I'm not going to ask you for a thing. Whoa. Do not go that path. That is borderline sinful, folks. The intention that God has for you is to be a child, even if you're an adult, relating to the Father, coming before him every day, asking for your daily needs. So we got to overcome that hurdle of asking is selfish. Asking is not selfish. Repeat this after, after me, if you would. Asking is not selfish. If you're, if you're at home watching online together, asking is not selfish. It's what God wants from us. Number two, second hurdle I see when people talk about this idea of, oh, I don't like to ask, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Doesn't he already know what I need before I ask? Like, why would I have to ask? Doesn't he already know? Isn't he God? Yeah, and, and the answer is, yeah, he does know. And he still wants you to ask. God has to know what you need before you ask because if he didn't, he wouldn't be God, right? So he's all-knowing. He, by definition, he has to know everything about everything. So yes, he knows, but he still wants you to ask. There's this great story in Mark chapter 10 about a blind man who sees Jesus coming with his disciples and he screams out, son of man, have mercy on me. And his disciples are like, hey, you shut up over there. I'm translating this, you know, it's not, this is my paraphrase. And he doesn't pay attention. He just screams even louder, son of man, have mercy on me. And his disciples are like, shh, we're with the master here. We're going somewhere, we're important. Jesus says, no, 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 bring him on over. So his disciples go get this guy and they're like, hey, it's your lucky day. The master wants to see you. I'm paraphrasing. So they bring this guy over to Jesus. Do you think that he is unaware of what this man wants? Yes or no? He knows what this guy wants. He knows what this guy's issue is. And yet, in Mark chapter 10, verse 51, this is what we see. Jesus says to the man, what do you want me to do for you? Why even ask Jesus? You know. You know what he needs. He needs a sight. Why are you making this guy say, well, you already know? Of course, the man responds, my rabbi, my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Even though God knows what we need, he still wants us to talk to him. He still wants us to ask for three reasons. Number one, God desires a relationship with you. He wants to be in fellowship with you. 
doesn't want to just give you everything without having a conversation. What kind of relationship would that be with you and your children? You never talk to them, but you give them everything. And they expect it. It would be a terrible relationship. God wants to talk to you and I, even though he already knows what we need in advance. In the book, Pete Geig says it, Pete Gregg says it like this. Jesus is more interested in friendship than in dispensing blessings to faceless souls. He wants to talk with you. When Adam and Eve blew it in the Garden of Eden, after they sinned, right? They're embarrassed, they're ashamed. What happens? God takes a walk in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden, and what does he do? He starts a conversation. He says to them, Adam, where are you? Why would God do that? Because he wants to be with us even when we blow it, even when we screw up. God desires relationship with us. Like my wife and I, we know a lot about our kids. We know their schedules. We know what they're up to. We kind of know who their friends are. We know what they like, what they dislike. We know, we know, but we still want to talk to them about it. Not all the time, but a lot of times we want to talk about, hey, how was your day? How did it go? How was school? How was the test? How was this? We ask a lot of questions, probably more than they would prefer. Why? Because we want to talk with them. We desire relationship. It's the same way with God. The second reason God, why God wants us to ask, even though he already knows what we need, is because he, he desires faith. He wants to see faith develop inside of us. The one thing he's looking for in your life and in my life is faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, For without faith it is impossible to please God. God is looking for that one seed of faith, even if it's childlike faith inside of us. And here's the thing, when we ask, the very act of asking creates or is a catalyst for this thing called faith. Think about it, you ask God for something, Lord, I would really like some help here, you know, whether, whether it's to find a different job or, or to get out of this relationship or to find a new relationship, I would love some help here. The very act of asking for that help is a sign of what? Faith. God, I'm, I need this, and I'm looking outside of myself to you. You exist. I know I'm talking to a real person, and I'm asking you to intervene on my behalf. That is faith. Listen to what Pastor Pete says in the book. All forms of faith in all forms, asking is an expression of faith. After the blind man says to Jesus, I want to see. You know what Jesus says in verse 52? The very next verse, watch this. Mark chapter 10, verse 52. Go for your faith has healed you. Why did Jesus ask him the question? Why did he make him ask for his sight? Because he wanted to see this man's faith come alive. Jesus touches his eyes and the man is healed. Third reason why God asks us to ask even though he knows what we need before we even ask is because because God desires partnership. How many of you believe that God can do everything on this planet by himself? Every single thing, yes? He, and if your hand is not up, you have some serious you know, misconceptions about the character and nature of God. Listen, in six days, he made the heavens and the earth, the entire universe, all by, him, all by himself, okay? And of course, he had the spirit and Jesus with him, but they're one, right? He didn't need our help to create the heavens and the earth. He's just fine. He's fully capable of doing everything. Every morning, he makes the sun come up and it goes down, the whole thing, right? But yet... Yet, he chooses not to do everything by himself. He chooses instead to create this dynamic of partnership. Think with me about the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On earth, under my feet, here. As it is done where? In heaven. 
In other words, what's going on in heaven, righteousness and integrity and justice and purity and holiness and goodness and grace and all that stuff, all the stuff that's going on down here, I am going to pray to you that it will be done down here where it really needs to be done. God, I want to be involved in that work. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it. Why would Jesus ask us to pray that if we had nothing to do with it? As if it were all up to God. God's going to fix all the problems in the world. All the injustices, the slavery, the pandemics. No, he says, here's what what I want you to do. I want you to be involved in it. And I'm going to create this dynamic of partnership to accomplish my will on earth. I could do it all by myself, but I don't want to. I want to use my people. See, it's this dynamic that helped Blaise Pascal, a mathematician, theologian, many, many years ago, describe this situation. I love what he said. He said, God has instituted prayer to impart to his creatures the dignity of causality. The dignity of causality. What does that mean? It simply means this, that there are some things that God will not do when we fail to pray. Because the cause that we help to bring about the cause by praying to God. In, in fact, there's some things he's waiting for us to pray about before he actually takes action on. The dignity of causality. Dallas Willard saw this dynamic in, in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, described prayer like this. The most adequate description of prayer is simply this, talking to God about what we are doing together. See, it's partnership. Why does God want us to ask, even though he knows what we need, even though he knows everything, he wants to work with us together. He wants to accomplish his will, all of us together. And so we have to ask. Is this making sense, yes or no? Let me give you the third objection that I, that I hear quite often when it comes to this whole thing of asking. Well, I didn't get the end. I didn't get an answer. I prayed about it. I prayed for my aunt to be healed from cancer. She died. I prayed for that job promotion. I was overlooked. It got, somebody else got it. I prayed and I, I didn't get an answer. Can I just have a moment with you as your pastor? Gentle but truthful. Here's the truth of the situation. You did get an answer. God answers every single prayer that we pray. The truth of the matter is you got an answer that you didn't like. God says, no, wait, and yes. Those are his three answers. Let's do it now. Let's hang on a minute. And we're not going to do that. And don't you give those three answers to your children? Don't you? You know, here I do. Like, I'm just hypothetically thinking of a situation in my head. Hey, Dad, you know, there's a new self-development book out there in Barnes & Noble, and I'd love to go over there and purchase it and read the first two chapters and really want to grow myself. What do you think I'm going to say to that? Dude, let's get in the car now. <laughs> let's go. You're the greatest kid on earth. Personal development, growth, faith, books, right? <laughs> the answer is yes. Like, I'll stop what I'm doing, right? Hey, Dad, uh, there's, this, there's this cute girl at school. I know I'm only 14 years old, but all my buddies are dating. You know, uh, I'd like to date her. I'd like to take her out. I'd like her to be my girlfriend. Can I date? Now, I don't know where you parents stand on dating, but I'm all about, like, well, let's wait. <laughs> let's wait till, like, you're old enough, like, you're mature and your brain and your heart and all that stuff. So I would say... Not no, I would just say let's wait, 
right? You with me? And then there's some other requests that are just simply no. Hey, Dad, uh, you know, it's this new thing called, uh, you know, vaping out there. It's all the rave. Everybody's ripping jewels. You know, it's supposed to be better than smoking. You think I can get one? And my buddies want to hang out on Friday and, you know. No. No. Like some, some requests are just very simple, right? Are you with me, parents? Right? No, wait, let's go. That's how it works. Did you know that, that Jesus prayed a prayer one time that the Father said no to? See, I, 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 I'm, I'm just, even when you think about that, I'm always like, Jesus was like 100 for 100. However many prayers he prayed, he was, he was, he was gold, right? Who says no to Jesus? Like the Father? Nobody. But yet there was a prayer that Jesus prayed that the Father said no to. If, you, if you're not remembering where it was, I'll just, I'll just let me remind you. Jesus is getting ready to, to go to, to the cross to take upon himself the sins of humanity. He knew what he needed to do. He knew his calling. In a, in a, in a, in a, in a matter of moments, he was going to stretch out his arms and be nailed to a cross and have nails you know, driven through his feet, you know, punched in the face, spit on, have his beard pulled out, hit upon the head with a stick, whipped on his back with a rope so bad that his back didn't have skin on it. When he got on that cross, he was going to take upon himself every lie, every act of lust, every act of racism, anger, bitterness, greed, jealousy, every sin that has ever been committed or would be committed. He knew he was going to stretch out his arms and take upon himself the sin of all of humanity. He was going to suffer both emotionally, spiritually. His father was going to turn his back on him, which he did on the cross. He said, oh my God, why have you forsaken me? The physical pain, the spiritual pain, the emotional pain. He knew it was coming. He knew it was right ahead, right around the curve. And what does he pray in his humanity? This is the prayer that Jesus prayed in Mark chapter 14. Abba, which means daddy, father, he cried out. Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering from me. Take it away. Let it pass. To which the father just simply answered, no. No. Red light. You must go forward and pay the price for sin so that mercy and grace can be offered to humanity. Aren't you glad the father said no to that prayer? Yes or no? Where would we be if God said yes to this prayer. There are prayers that God needs to say no to. Doesn't mean you didn't get an answer. It just means you didn't get the answer you wanted. You with me? This will help you not get tripped up and give up on prayer. I often think of prayer, and, and Pastor Pete tell, gives us this illustration of a, of a stoplight. And this, if you can keep this in your mind, this is a no, this is a wait, this is a yes. Keep that in mind when you're praying your prayers. You're going to get one of these three answers. Let's go now. Let's wait a while. And uh-uh, not going to happen. 
That's how your heavenly father will answer your prayers. You can bank on it. Now, sometimes the yes needs a little discernment. Sometimes, sometimes the yes is not the yes that you were hoping to get. I was talking to a friend of mine this week who's on staff here. Her name is Ashley, one of our staff members. Many years ago, we were praying for her mom. Some of you know who she was. Her name was Michelle. She was on staff here as well. She came down with cancer. Man, we prayed as a staff. I remember praying. I was a youth pastor at the time. We prayed that God would heal her of the cancer. We prayed and prayed and prayed. We had prayer meetings. We anointed her head with oil. We, I mean, we just went before God and said, God, would you just be merciful? Ashley was a little teenager at that time. And Michelle passed away. I was talking to Ashley about this story this week, and she said this to me. She said, you know, God answered that prayer to heal my mom from cancer. He just answered it in a way that was different than what we wanted. And then she said this, sometimes God's yes is different than our yes. See, Michelle was healed from cancer. She went to heaven. Her body is cancer-free. We got to use some discernment sometimes when it comes to a yes. We need discernment with the yellow as well. 20% of us pray for success and things we put no effort into, like, God, would you help me pass this class or this test even though I haven't done any studying or written any papers? <laughs> God says, we're going to wait on that one. God says, I'm going to wait on you to start studying. God, would you please give me a raise? And would you please give me a new job? I need to make more money. God says, we're going to wait on that one. How about you get your resume together? How about you go to night class and get, get some more skills? How about you make some connections? And, and, and we're going to, I, God sometimes God says, I'm going to wait on you. God, would you send me a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a spouse? And God says, well, we're going to wait on you for that one. There's still some selfishness inside you, some character stuff we've got to work on. You've got to get yourself in physical shape. You've got to get yourself in emotional shape, spiritual shape before I I send you a husband before I send you a wife. Sometimes God will look at our prayers and say, we're going to wait. And, and, and the waiting is not on me. The waiting is on you. You with me? Yes or no? It's tough to hear, but it's true. So what have we said today so far? Man, asking can be awkward. We can push back and say, yeah, I don't know. It feels selfish. Yeah, why should I ask? He knows what I need before I ask. Man, I've tried it before in the past and, and it doesn't work. Hopefully I've helped you overcome some of those obstacles today so that you can begin asking. So if you're ready to ask, let me give you some guidelines on asking. You're ready to go. You want to start asking God for things, for others and for yourself. Number one, you've got to ask in faith. These are guidelines for asking. You've got to ask in faith. You've got to come to God believing. James, the brother of Jesus, said this. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed in the wind. Listen to what he says. This is so important. That person who doubts should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because Jesus is looking for faith. Now, none of us are perfect. None of us have 100% faith. There's always going to be a margin of doubt mixed in there. But we have to do our best to kind of minimize the doubt and say, God, I'm coming to you as your child, as your son or your daughter. Would you please heal so-and-so from their cancer? Would you please help me to find a different job? Would you please? And we ask believing that God will hear us and answer us. Ask in faith. Number two, we got to turn from sin. Listen, the nature of prayer is relationship. It's togetherness. It's being with God. It's talking to him about what we are doing together. When we choose to sin, whether it be, whether it's the sin of greed or gossip or jealousy or lust or anger or racism or whatever it is, when we deliberately take that path of sin and then at the same time try to come to God with all kinds of requests and asking this and asking that, it's like we're trying to go in two separate directions at the same time. God looks at us and says, wait, wait, sin separates us. 
Like sin creates a division. Like when you live in selfishness, when you live in pride, when you live in anger, when you live, when your whole life is dominated by lust, and, you, and then you're trying to come to me and, and ask for this and ask for that, it's not gonna work out. We have to turn from sin. Now, nobody's gonna be perfect and nobody's gonna be holy, but God will look at your intentions. He will look at your effort to see if what you're, if what you're wanting is really what you want. Turning from sin. La- lastly, number three, these are guidelines for asking. You gotta drop the grudge. You gotta drop the grudge. We gotta drop the bitterness. We gotta drop the, 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 the unforgiving spirit. Jesus made this so clear in Mark chapter 11. Listen to what he said. But when you are praying, first things first, first forgive anyone that you're holding a grudge against so that your heavenly father will forgive you of your sins. What is Jesus saying here? So important. I mentioned a minute ago that that God sent Jesus to this earth to die for the sins of humanity, that that grace and mercy could be extended to every man, woman, and child. That's that the Father's mission on earth is forgiveness. It's what he's all about. Why? Because he loves us. He created us for relationship. So here we are, a recipient of that grace, Believers, not everybody, but a lot of us, believers who've received forgiveness and then we go and we hold a grudge against those who've hurt or offended us. And then at the same time, we try to go to God in prayer and say, hey, can we talk about this? You know, I need this and I need that and I need this and I need that. And God's like, no, wait a second, wait a second, time out. Before you start coming to me with all your requests, can we talk about the resentment that you have against your wife right now? Can we talk about the grudges you're holding against your husband right now? I've given you grace, but you're not going to give him grace. I've forgiven you, but you're not going to forgive her. Hey, how about, here's an idea. First, before you start asking for this and asking for that and all this asking and great, which is, which is awesome, we need to ask. Before you ask, first go and drop the grudge. And then come before me. Now we can be synced up because here's the, de- here's the deal. That your heavenly father is the most gracious, compassionate, grace-giving, mercy-giving being in the universe. So if, if you want to sync up with him, if you want to align with him, if you want to be on the same page with him, if you want to get answers to your prayer, you got to kind of have that same spirit with the people who've wounded you and hurt you around you. Around you. And so, so, so God says, hey, drop, drop the grudge. Will you want to talk with me? You want to have a powerful prayer life? You want your prayers to be effective? You want answers to your prayers? Come to me in faith turn from sin, and drop the grudge. Are there more guidelines to asking? Sure, but we're out of time. <laughs> these, are just, these are just some helpful things for you to take and go start praying. I've got a deep thought for you. Ready? Deep thought. This is, this is going to take, put your theological hats on here, get your pens out. This is like theology 401 here. What do you do with this message? Do you go home and you talk about it with your spouse or your friends? Oh, that was interesting. It's kind of funny. He made me laugh once or twice. I thought it was intriguing. What do you do with a message like this? There's really only one thing you can do or one thing you should do. You could go home and talk about it and discuss it and dissect it and talk about what you didn't like and what you did like. And I'm sure many people do that. That's fine. But I would encourage you to do one thing. This is deep. We talk about what, what, what's deep in church a lot. You know, oh, that was so deep. Normally what people are talking about when they talk about deep is how confused they are. (laughs) 
I didn't know what he was talking about. It was deep. <laughs> I'm having some fun. This is deep. Start asking. What do you do with this message? You start asking for help. Give us this day our daily bread. Help us to forgive those who've hurt us. Give me strength to have patience today, God. Lord, we, 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 need, we need some help with these children. Like, can you, you got a babysitter. Like, what, what? Start asking. I would encourage you to go to the store and get a prayer journal. Just a little, little you know, notebook. Five bucks, ten bucks. And don't put anything in that book except for your requests, your petitions, and your intercessions. And just start writing down prayers. And just know, and know the, whole t- the whole time you're doing it that you're going to get a green light, you're going to get a red light, or a, ye- a yellow light, or a red light. Every single one. It's our privilege as God's children to audaciously and boldly come before God and lay our requests before him, expecting him to answer supernaturally or naturally, however he sees fit, right? This is, this is our privilege. This is, we are his children. Ask and you receive, seek and you'll find, not going to be open to you. If you don't, listen, if you don't start asking after this message, I don't know why you came today. <laughs> maybe you came because the doors are open. Some of you, maybe you're watching online because you're bored to death. I don't know. But if you don't start asking, you've missed it. You've missed the whole point. I've prepared like 20 hours this week for this talk. It was worthless if you don't start asking. Make sense? Is that fair? Will you start asking? Will you do it? Okay, let's talk about another ask as we wrap up. A moment ago, I said that Heavenly Father is on a mission. And that mission is to provide grace and mercy to all humanity, every man, woman, and child alive. He's so serious about it that he paid the highest price. He sent his son Jesus to this earth to suffer a horrible, bloody, excruciating, humiliating death. His body was literally torn to pieces. To pay for your sin, to pay for my sin. It's the mission. It's what he's all about. Why would Christ have to do that? So that you and I can have fellowship with God. So the barrier that was between us can be totally wiped out and removed, and that is sin. Christ died for our sins so that we can have fellowship with God. That's available. Like fellowship with God, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, which starts on this side of heaven and, 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 and continues after death. That's available. But you have to ask. You don't get it because you're a human. You don't get it because you're born and your family comes to church. You don't get it because your family's Catholic or some other religion. You don't get it because you're baptized or communionized or whatever. <laughs> you get it by asking. God, will you forgive me of my sins? Jesus, will you wash me of my sins? Will you fill my heart with your spirit? You receive eternal life life by asking. Have you asked him? Have you asked Jesus to be your savior? Have you asked him to wash your sin? I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that right now. It's a prayer of faith. Remember, every time you ask God, it's a catalyst for faith. It's an expression of faith. It's reaching out saying, I need forgiveness. Take this prayer, make it your own, and become a child of God today. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross 
that you suffered on the cross for me, that you died in my place. You paid the penalty for my sin because you love me. And so I ask you right now, with what little faith I have to be my savior, to cleanse me of my sin, wash away all my guilt, all my shame, all my wrongdoing, and make me your child. I ask you to fill me with your spirit right now and teach me from this day forward to follow, to love, to obey, to honor you, and to ask. Be my savior today. Forgive me of my sins. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, our church wants to celebrate with you, don't we, church? Amen. If you did, we would love to put a gift in your hands. It's a little box that we put together. It's called our saved box. Inside of this box, there's a New Testament. There's some instructions on how to get involved in our church, baptism, how to get in a small group. And there's also a mug in here, a little coffee mug, just to say congratulations if you trusted Christ today. If you grab your phone right now and text the word SAVED to 65248, we will come to your house this evening and hand deliver this to you just to say thank. No, we won't do that, I promise you. Uh, but we will send it to you in the mail to get you started on your new journey with Christ. Can we give God glory one more time? Amen. <clears throat>